0: Hello and welcome to another another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops, I'm your host, and tonight I am joined by author and software engineer Cameron Sutter. Welcome to the show,
1: Cameron. Hey Nathan, thanks for having me here. Great to be here.
0: I am really looking forward to our talk because I am currently using your software right now. I'm right in the thick of outlining a novel, and it is... Changing awesome. it's, it's changing the way my brain works, it's changing the way my story works, and I'm super excited to geek out about it. Um,
1: That's what it did to me, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I want to hear some about that. I first heard about you, in particular, uh, because of probably Cecilia Mecca, I'm guessing, and her, that conversation you guys had. We You were doing a, a live Q&A or a live demo with uh, Ryan z and who's been a former guest yeah. of the show cecilia's been on the show like multiple times but um i was excited i was very excited because i am a story structure geek absolutely and i just this was another thing that seemed to um function and work in the way that my brain worked and it just lit up i lit up on the inside when i started to see some of the things that this can do but for people who haven't you know seen your video yet or heard anything about you um Give us just sort of the skinny about you know who you are and uh what in the heck plotter is.
1: Yeah. So um I'm an Indie YA author. I write sci fi and fantasy, um and uh I'm a software engineer by day and I've been writing books in my free time since I was a little kid. You know, like in first grade I was writing during class instead of listening to the teacher and she like I got in trouble for that. Yeah. And uh um, I've always kind of resented that a little because you know you'd think like oh man he's writing a book this is really awesome like we should encourage that but no I mean I, mean, I understand I wasn't <laughs> but but uh, yeah so I've been writing on and off I'm not like you know I'm not super successful with the writing yet but uh, I've been writing for a long time and uh, after a class with Brandon Sanderson uh, so I took his uh, creative writing class at BYU yeah. Oh, wow. and uh, yeah and so I, I got back into writing because of that and as I was uh, so for the class you have to write a 50,000 word novel and so as I was writing that I just I really didn't like my process and um you know I was I was, I was kind of pantsing it I had like maybe the first first half kind of in my mind but I didn't really write anything down so I, I was just kind of pantsing it. and then when I got to the half point I was like I think I know how I want this to end but I don't know how to get there and then started making progress and I just I ended up rewriting it several times. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that kind of a situation you know yeah um so I started looking for tools to to make my process better and uh to not have to rewrite so much and not uh to kind of plan things out and then so for my next book I'd already started I somebody gave me this idea of um like kind of a visual way and I was like uh, there's like a light bulb moment you know and, mm-hmm. That was the way I saw it in my mind um, of how to plan out these stories, and, and I and I there was no tool like that. that existed. Like I tried uh, Excel, um, course, yeah. and that's kind of like the grid idea. It's kind of kind of the sticky notes on a wall, but like you know, in an order with different uh, plot lines. You know, I, I thought of like a like the threads of a story kind of weaving together, and like when you pull them apart, you see the different threads, and then they kind of weave together. That's how I. I don't know, imagined it. And there was nothing really that, that worked that way. And so um, being a software engineer and uh, I had this idea. And so, um, you know, I just started building. And it really changed the way I did the first book. Um, yeah. so, so for people that don't know about it, it's, it's kind of like that. There's, there's uh, different plot lines. You can have multiple plot lines. And it's like sticky notes on your wall or, or the index cards a lot of people have done. And uh, you can just visually rearrange things really easily.
0: Um, One of the things that I love about it. Is that you know? Of course, I've tried various methods myself. I, I've got a pick. I'm, I'm going to hold up what I'm currently using, it, or awesome. in, in conjunction with what I'm. But you can see that I'm, it's a legal pad for those of you listening to the pod, podcast. It's a as a legal pad, and unfortunately, it's only got about 28 lines. Um, but I've got things written out sideways. I've got things. Um, you know, in circles and the Dan Horman story circles going around from all the different, you know, character arcs, things going that way. And what happens to this thing is it rides around in my backpack as I'm going throughout my day and it gets beat up in there and eventually a page goes missing and half my book is gone with it because it's like, there's, there went, you know, half of my ideas. They were all scribbled on this legal pad and, um, you know, I've tried you know putting them in different places, but I also am very visual, and I think, you know, gosh, I've got to really get this down somewhere, a little more permanent, and here I can start plugging things into Plotter, and, and it's super intuitive, because I've tried spreadsheets before. I've tried using the story grid. They have a little printout that you can have to get your main elements in the story grid. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, didn't know that. They also have a, um, a, uh, a spreadsheet that you can use, but I am not... My wife is an Excel wizard. She can do whatever she wants. She's like Gandalf level, you know, Excel. I am, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't even make this cell expand half the time. If I do, I'm probably going to like duplicate it somewhere I don't want. And as soon as I go to change something, I'm lost. Like, how do I get this column over here? It, you know, Excel is not intuitive. It's one of those things that when you know how to use it, it's an amazing tool. But for newbies or people, like me, who just don't want to have to struggle bust their way through it, it's a hindrance, not a help. Yeah. Whereas Plotter, you hop into this program and it's like, oh, there's a button right here that says add something. Oh, it adds it. Oh, look, I can just click on this and move it. Oh, look, it moves. You know, like, yeah. there is no thought process behind, like, it, it's so intuitive that I just kind of breathe a sigh of relief.
1: <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And it's just like, it, I think that it is such a good solution to say, okay, this is a tool that you will use, You can use for every book, you can use for your series, and the, the things that you've designed into it are obviously coming from a writer's brain. Um, a lot of people right. who design software for writers aren't necessarily writers themselves. So the fact that you've gone through this process, you've felt the pain points that we go through as writers. And you know what those are uh, is so much better than interacting with something like, I don't know, Amazon's ads dashboard where they're like, well, we built this to run ads for other things. We didn't even think about writers. We're trying to, after the fact, change this program to be conducive to you guys. Whereas you came Uh, at it from the beginning as a writer, which I think is.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a selfish thing every time I get like a, somebody gives me an idea for hey could you do this could you make it this way could you make it do this mm-hmm. it's it's always like this oh that would be really cool that would help my writing a lot you know yeah. this would be great why didn't I think of this before and so yeah it's a selfish thing for me to build new features into it and, and make it better and better because it helps my writing just as much as I think everybody yeah. else's
0: well I'm going to yeah. be I'm going to be nagging you to try to add a feature and that's I yeah work. you know how so for those of you who haven't used Plotter, one of the cool things that you can do is you can switch the, the views of it. It's not just a timeline going left or right. It can be going vertically. Uh, it can be arranged in different ways, which I think is fantastic. And um, But you'll notice that I've been writing in circles. And one of the things that I was thinking would be really cool if a future version of Plotter could do is make concentric circles, like of a the hero's journey circle, and like the inside journal characters arc circle. So everything becomes a, oh. a series of concentric circles, take all the same data, but then make circles out of it. So that you can see your beginning midpoint, um, act one, act three, you know, transitions, the you know, extraordinary world, uh, um, you know, ordinary world, extraordinary world, like, and right, the, way, yeah. the way those divide out. And I don't know if you're familiar with the whole plot embryo idea and like the Dan Harmon story circle. No,
1: but the, the story uh, circle, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like the, um. It's really interesting. You. know like I, the way so I've I've heard that idea
1: before. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, I've heard that idea of putting it in a circle because of Dan Harmon Dan Harmon's story circle, but I could never like it, it. Just felt like there wouldn't be much that would fit on there. But the concentric circles. That's that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Because like you could that's drag really cool.
0: you could drag each one out like the way that you draw drag the lines around like if you could drag your Center circle out to expand to be the big one or back in again or something like if you could just rearrange them so that like okay yeah. or like just click on a certain circle maybe, and the points where they line up with your plot. I think that would be interesting because I know right now I'm dealing with a character arc where which I, which I love in the current format as well in the in the timeline, where I love being able to see, okay, this is my character's internal journey. Here's how it lines up with my main plot. And I like that you have given us templates as well, so I'm layering this over the top of the template for a mystery, because I'm writing this sci-fi mystery. So you've got examples there, which you've already pre-written for us. Let's um, say, oh, by the way, here's where you know more is revealed about the hero's backstory. Oh, you know, here's where you know things get complicated with with the plot. Um, was that fun for you to like try to come up with those things and um, like go through all the different story templates and build this? I can imagine that it had to be very challenging.
1: Yeah, um, so actually I, I think I did that all in one day. I was just really excited about it and I started yeah. like looking for all these different uh, plotting methods out there. Like, the idea struck me that this would be really awesome if I already had the pieces there and I could just plug in parts of the story. Because I'm not uh, a story structure genius. But there's a lot out there, a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are and that have already done that work and that already have awesome methods. And so so I just started researching a bunch of them and I just put them all together and I was like, this is going to be really awesome. And people love them. They've been really great.
0: I think it's fantastic. I mean, Cecilia and I geek out all the time about story structure. We That's what we do is like we share different structure books. We talk about – she's got templates that she's building that she shares with me. She has like a master Excel spreadsheet that's got – Yeah, I've seen her spreadsheet. I was going to say it's got
1: all those different story structures (laughs) on there, and how her her story fits into each one. It's pretty cool, and it's amazing
0: because it's like this. And some of us think like that in a puzzle, you know, where it's like, okay, I want all these pieces to fit. And there's people that rail against structure. There's people that are like, no, you can't write with external structure. You've got to write with internal structure, like whatever works for you, you know, like whatever you're. Yeah. But I like that your tool lets you just design your own box, like just. Type in what you want and make that your plot point. Um, yeah. When you were describing your initial uh, problem of writing it, having it, all, trying to keep it all in your head, writing the beginning and then running out of steam in the middle, I think so many. That's that's me every time, every single time. I get real excited about Act One. I've got I've got maybe the first five or ten scenes kind of in my mind. I have a vague understanding. Right. You know exactly it's how it's
1: going to look. It's I know the awesome. ending
0: ish. I know maybe some of the middle. But here, when I start plugging those things into Plotter, I realize, hmm, um, the first, the left side of this page looks really great. But if I just click the middle button or if I click the end button, I'm seeing a lot of blank space over here. <laughs> There's just nothing there. And the previous me would just plunge in. I'm so excited about the story. I know where the first few scenes are going to be. I just start right, 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 right. And all of a sudden, you know, midpoint, um, I start running, I start slowing down two thirds of the way. I'm at a, I'm at a solid wall. Of like I don't know how to connect my ending to everything I just wrote. Now I'm going to go back and rewrite the first five chapters to make everything line yep. up. And I think so many of us deal with that because we're trying to wrap our heads around this in, you know, in our minds and we can only retain so much information,
1: uh, without writing it down first. Yeah. And that's one of the keys of it being so visual that, um, it's just so easy. Like it, it, even if you have to read your notes it's just it's a lot to read and a lot to keep in your head all at once but when it's visual like that and you can just see it it's it's very easy to to have a high level picture of it mm-hmm. and also i found that it's a lot easier to get feedback from people and mm-hmm. i think that might be one of the problems for my own writing and probably other people too that we wait too long to get feedback mm-hmm. and one of the reasons one of the reasons that that is because when there's a hundred thousand words to 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 read through, somebody, you know, reviewers that, I, that I've had, it's it's usually like they get too much into the weeds and look at the grammar when it's like the first pass at something, right? Yeah. Or or it's just like okay, they give me a couple ideas for different parts of it, but I need like good feedback about every part of it and and like kind of a high level: is this mm. character changing well, or is the plot mm. working well? But if there's only just like 20 bubbles for somebody to see or you know even 60 bubbles or something, they can pull it apart and say, they, they just get it so much quicker and they can say, you know what, this part doesn't look good. You're missing something there. Why would your yeah. character do that? That doesn't make sense. Or, yeah. and so it's just a lot easier for people to give feedback because there isn't 100,000 words for them to read through.
0: Yeah. So. There's um one of my previous guests to the show, Rachel Herron, is a huge fan of revision. And one of her You know, revision methods is you go back, you read each scene, you describe each scene in one sentence, and then you take, you form a sentence outline. At the end of having written this book, um, if you've pantsed it or whatever, and you go back and you read each of those sentences, and you see what matches up and what doesn't match up. If you see there's a hole here, or like, how did it all of a sudden jump from this sentence to this sentence? What was, what would There's nothing connecting those thoughts or images or whatever it is that you're writing this has a very similar feel to me where you're doing it in advance you're kind of creating this sentence outline in advance we have the option to write as much or as little as you want for each scene along here and i i think that's really great because i've actually even been going in and in the description section of individual little blocks starting writing dialogue of little bits and snippets of things that I plan to put in this scene because the reason why I came up with that yeah. scene in the first place was probably because I had this interaction between characters in my head. I have a general yep, yep. idea. I don't know what's going to happen exactly. I don't maybe I have the setting right, but I have this little blurb of dialogue that I can just... It's in my head right now. I don't want to lose it later because it's going to be a month till I actually write that scene or m- several months maybe. So I just go in. I find the little square that deals with that particular character's issue or whatever, and I plug it, I just type away my little dialogue in there. And now, the nice thing that your program does, which I think is brilliant, is that you can you know, flip it on its side or whatever, and you can go to that chapter or wherever it is, and just see all the little things that are in that section, um, however many threads you've woven in. You can see them all in one fell swoop. So that when it comes time to co- to, co- to write that scene, it might have three things in it, it might have five things in it, but it's already right there ready for you to go um, to just take the information that you've already pre-planned and then now just add that into your scene and figure out how to write it. And I I, right. I think it's brilliant because like I'm I'm trying to be a more structured writer. I'm starting to think, okay, I want to write a sixty thousand word book. I want to write fifteen hundred word chapters. I want it to be like you know, pacey and quick. Therefore, I need forty scenes at you know, fifteen hundred words. And therefore, I have a very minimal amount of space to fit those things in. So if I can see, okay, I've already got five things that I have to do in that scene, I've only got 300 words to do each of those things. I can just in my head and think, okay, I've only got this much. Oh yeah, do the math. Yeah, Do the math and maybe I stretch that out to two scenes. I'm like, "Mm, that's a lot to try to fit into 1,500 words. Or maybe I look at that and I'm like, wow, I've got 1,500 words here. I've only got one thing in there. That's not going to take 1,500 words for me to say. I need to layer that in with another chapter. I need to move that scene around and your system makes it super easy to just drag that over and say, well, let's just add this over here and, and put it right. with this scene. And it's just, ah,
1: oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so what you were describing about that, I think her name was Rachel, um, mm-hmm. where she writes a, a sentence for each each mm-hmm. thing. It's kind of like a reverse Snowflake method yeah. Yeah. where you, you take it after the fact and write a sentence for each mm-hmm. one. That's, that's really interesting. That's pretty cool. Was
0: Snowflake part of your um, process early on?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, very early on, I, I learned about that probably early 2000, I think probably around the time when he was starting that. And, um, I w- I was probably in high school or maybe just out of high school at the time. And I was a big fan and I was like, this is going to change the way I write. you know, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I kind of went down a different path and, and stopped writing. And so and it was always in the back of my mind, but it was never like a big part of my process after that. Mm -hmm.
0: i think it's an interesting evolution as writers that we find different tools we find different methods that sort of match the level of writer we are now or the way our brain works now because i used um i read snowflake method a few years back i start i used novel factory which also um is sort of based around that idea where you start with you know the one sentence description which it is very solid i mean to be able to write your story in one sentence and then break that sentence out into a paragraph and break that paragraph out into their own paragraphs and like before long you have an outline, which is great, yeah. which you can then plug into Plotter if you want it. Um, it's good, but it doesn't necessarily work every time. You know, like where you can come at it from the story grid method and be like, okay, I need my 15 different, you know, tentpole scenes and, you know, my rising act. Like there's so many different methods that you can use. It doesn't matter which one you're using. But you still have to have somewhere to put it. You still have to like have somewhere to actually visualize it when you're done. Um, and this tool, I think, is going to be revolutionary for a lot of writers, just because of the fact that sometimes things need to move. And yeah. if it's in a, you know, so you can, granted, you can move your your Scrivener chapters around or whatever. That's that's nice. Um, but this is so easy to see it just right in front of your face oh just drag this over here put it there it's gonna stay there
1: yeah 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 my my process is so i think erratic i think i don't know if that's the right word but it's not consistent for each book it's it comes to me totally differently i I feel like and and that's probably just because i'm inexperienced so far with writing i haven't written enough to really have a solid process but some of the, some of the books that I, I'm working on right now I've been thinking about them for years and they're mm-hmm. just bit by bit been coming to me and so I'll just have little random like a, a sentence of dialogue here or a scene of you know in my head I'll see a setting with somebody standing somewhere saying something or, or yeah. just a character or just one scene and just random bits and so this visual nature is, works really well for me with that because I don't know where it goes in the story or what exactly it is yeah. but I just need to it somewhere so,
0: what are you working on right
1: now so um so I'm, I'm i'm working on two things uh i'm working on the sequel to one of my books called pizza planet okay. i've got this whole series idea for it and i've never written a sequel before and uh sequels are hard so i'm struggling with that yeah. and then i've got this uh i've got this idea for a superman story that okay. uh I, I just i'm not happy with uh with the way the Superman is portrayed in movies, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine because a couple yeah. of my brothers really hate Superman because of his movies, and yeah. I'm like, no, he's a good character. They just don't don't yeah. portray him well. They don't do it right. And yeah. so one day I was like, I'm just gonna write my own Superman movie. And um, so if you know anybody from DC, the main reason I'm telling you this is because if you know <laughs> anybody from DC or know anybody that knows anybody from DC, yeah, I wanna I wanna get in on somebody's radar, you know. But yeah, I'm writing a Superman story that's cool
0: that's cool yeah no i agree he's he's been maligned i think um superman has a lot of potential and i think that you have he's a very i think a difficult character to write because he is so um he's so inherently good but also so incredibly powerful and that's a, a challenging thing to create antagonists for its entire it's it's tough to to break out of that sort of make cart. him relatable, yeah. Make him relatable, um, and not just you know, have it devolve into building smashing, as like I, just all. Well, action that's usually what they do, and no character either building development.
1: smashing. Yeah, either all yeah. action or just some lame plot device, which is kryptonite, which, which yeah. all of a sudden he can't use his powers, and it it just yeah, it's a cop out. It's not interesting. So, yeah,
0: kryptonite's not yeah. interesting. Yeah. Character development is interesting. Clark Kent. Uh, is interesting. Um, the whole like dynamic of him having to try to. I think Clark probably usually has the more interesting uh, storylines than you know Superman himself. Yeah. Um, just yeah. because of, because he's you know so much more relatable. We can relate to the geeky guy trying to get the girl who just can't seem to quite get her attention because she's hung up on this other dude who is also him. Right. Which, like that is just that's fun. <laughs> Like as the reader, of the, of the or the watcher, when you know that and you get that conflict in his brain, that's fun. Um, but yeah, just Dang. randomly smashing buildings to pieces gets old pretty quick. You know, when, when he can't really die. Yeah, yet. I mean, there's, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's an interest to that, like seeing things explode, but it's not uh, yeah. it's not fulfilling. I feel like, and right. it gets old quick, like you said. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gonna try and fix those fix those things make him it just doesn't make sense to me that a guy that's so powerful is just always good and has no bad intentions and um mm-hmm. you know wants to help people so much and there's got to be a reason he wants to help people so much and mm-hmm. what did it take for him to get there like mm-hmm. i don't think he just i don't think as a teenager with all with like that kind of power you'd just be like oh yeah i just want to do good and just want to help people like that uh,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i think you use mean, it for your own
0: there's a, I, I give it to, you know, Jonathan and Martha being good parents, but nobody's that good of a parent, right? Like, now that, I'm a parent, now that I am a parent, I'm like, mm, that may be unrealistic.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Maybe, maybe it's because I've become a parent that's really helped me to understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, get, I get that. And then, uh, so you write, um, you know, young adult, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, right, is what you kind of classify it as. Yeah. How many books out do you have now?
1: So I write under the name C. Lewis S. And I've got two books out under that name. But before that, I wrote under just my name, Cameron Sutter. And so there is one book out under that name. But that's kind of... It's the uh, the Black Sheep. I don't talk about that one very much. It's usually <laughs> just the two under my C. Lewis S. name.
0: So, I mean, it obviously begs the question, was C.S. Lewis a big influence for you?
1: Not... Um, I mean, yeah, I, I really liked his books, and that was probably the the book I read the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the movies, but I wouldn't say it necessarily influenced my story so much. It was just that I happened to—I mean, my name is Cameron Lewis Sutter, and so it just worked out perfectly. And uh, he was super famous.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: and so like when it took me about thirty years to realize that, hey, wait, my name's almost like C.S. Lewis. So if I write mm-hmm. with C. Lewis S. Then you know that's my that's my hook. That's that's what people yeah. will remember me by. But yeah. uh, but I, I mean, do it's a good, it's a good association.
0: He's a great writer. So
1: yeah, um, yeah, that's what I'm going for. You know, I'm hoping people yeah. will confuse me for a second and they'll be like, <laughs> "Wow, there's this new C.S. Lewis, but how is that?" Oh, <laughs> yeah. So.
0: What was your favorite um, of his books?
1: Um. So I've actually only read. Um, Besides uh, Narnia, I've only read um, the Screw Tape Letters, um, and that was good, yeah. that was That's a really good. interesting book. But, but my yeah. favorite of Narnia was either A Horse and His Boy or um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader.
0: Man, we are on a the same is... brain wave. Those are exactly really? my two favorite. Absolutely the best ones. hundred percent.
1: A Horse and His Boy was just this cool. Like I wish I read it as a kid. I didn't read it till, as till I was an adult, but. It was okay. just this awesome adventure story of this kid yeah, yeah. exploring and, like, uh, I, I just loved it. And then Voyage of the Dawn Treader was just so cool because every island was different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always something new, some new, cool, amazing things that just very mm-hmm. imaginative, very um, make, you, make you think. So, yeah, yeah I, I really like those. What did you it's like about it?
0: Very similar things. Like, uh, my second book I wrote called The Chronathon is very much like that every chapter or every, every couple chapters you're in a new place, new setting. And that I think that probably does go back to my days as uh, a C.S. Lewis fan reading Narnia growing up as a kid. Also, Voyage of the Dawn Treader has one of the greatest opening lines of any book, which is, uh, there once was a boy named Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. And that's just such a good opening line. Um, That's awesome. It's just, I didn't remember that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that kind of writing brilliance. Like I, I'm very excited. My my kids aren't old enough to read them yet, but when they get old enough to read them, I'm very excited to read those books because of um, just how much of an influence they were on me. And they're, I mean, they're short and they're fun. And they're just, you know, they're, they're yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I've I really um, emulated. So I guess in that way, yeah, his books were very influential for me because I noticed that his books were very short, they're mm-hmm. novella size, mm-hmm. and um, today they probably wouldn't sell. Uh, you know, from a, a publisher probably wouldn't publish them. But they were, they were about thirty-five to fifty thousand words, and so my books are that length because of that. I thought, you know, if he can make it that short and that good, but I, I want to try, yeah, make it short before I make it very really long. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's solid, and it's like there's an art to writing short. My first couple books I wrote were extremely long. And um, I've had to learn to develop how to write short. And um, my most recent book I've put out is probably my shortest one I've ever, ever produced. and um, Other than like an actual novella. And uh-huh. it's a whole other skill set. But it's it's like it's also interesting too from a plotting standpoint. It's like when you get down to the, the bare bones of something and say, okay, this is what it really needs. This is the essence of what the story is. You can always add in more stuff. Right. But when you find out what the essence of something is, like you don't really want to add a bunch of extra fluff to it. Like you just want to like get to the point and tell the story. And um, I think one of the things that C.S. Lewis does really well, obviously, is that he managed to get in a theme that was pretty succinct in a short amount of time, to be able to say, okay, not only am I telling you a great adventure yeah. story, but also I'm going to teach you something about, you know, in Christianity at the same time. Or you know, like whatever you know, message he's getting across in that particular book. Um, but while we'll also making it a fun, fun adventure story, which I think is just really, really cool. Um,
1: yeah, and I, I, think that that fits me really well um, because I'm, uh, I'm a very succinct person when I write things and when I say things. Um, well, maybe not when I talk, but <laughs> when I write, I'm, I'm very succinct, and I, and I often can't think of more to say about things, and so usually. It, it, a lot of writers have the opposite problem. They write a lot and then they have to cut out a lot. I usually, like, I don't write enough and I have to add more. And so, like you were saying about the fluff, for me, like, I, I really struggle with that because I feel like there should be more in it. And as I read, like, Shakespeare, for example, he has scenes that are just just funny just to be funny, you know, or mm-hmm. um, some some authors will write scenes just because the world is amazing and they want to just... Show this one cool thing in the world, and I, I just yeah. struggle with that because I, I just want to tell the story, and that's it. And and I think I could make them better stories if I flesh them out a little bit more. So, mm.
0: but I think we'll there's there's value to making sure that each scene has a purpose in the in the plot too, and in the structure. And if you pull a scene out, that something else shouldn't work. I I really like. I mean, I think the best stories, the most magnificent stories, are the ones where you can't take anything out. Otherwise, it won't you know function because there's some element uh, in that scene that touches to the core of what the story is. And granted, yeah. you can have as many or as few of those as you want, but if every single story... Some writer friends and I were actually just discussing this yesterday, um, just the idea of this sort of third rail that powers your story, and how every scene oh. has to somehow touch on that, what that third rail is, this internal story, theme or, or logic to the story, the, the driving force of it. The, the maybe maybe in a mystery, obviously, it's the question you've asked at the beginning. Who's killed so-and-so? Like, how are we going to find out what that answer is at the end? Um, yeah. But every scene, I think every book you write opens up with, I'm piquing the reader's interest. I'm going to tell them a story. And here's the hook. And at the end is the resolution. Every scene along the way should in some way touch that central power source um to keep you turning pages because what happens i think a lot of times with those writers who add a bunch of extra fluff if they're not conscientious about the fact that they need to be touching that central power source they'll just wander off and our mind will yeah. wander off with them and then we'll put that book down we'll just be like i don't <laughs> yeah. know where this is going i can't tell where this is headed therefore i'm losing interest yeah
1: yeah, yeah and if it's not like an, if it's not up their alley as far as the the imagination or the creativity. Like you have to come mm-hmm. up with something new and exciting that they've never seen before if you're not touching that power rail. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm gonna have to use that. I'm gonna always be yeah. thinking of that metaphor now. <laughs>
0: Well, I pulled it from another friend who pulled it from, I think it was um, Story Genius by Lisa Cron, which it actually happened to sitting right here. Uh, Random plugins okay. happens to be sitting right here. I was about to jump into it again tonight and read, read some more of it. But um, that's where that idea came from. So, for those of you watching, listening, Story Genius. Um, yeah, and I think this is like, there's so many different ways to come at a story, um, which I think is just the best thing about being a writer. Yeah. yeah and i just love i love picking picking people's brains and like hearing their process like so like hearing what you're you're doing now is, is is infinitely fascinating to me like how how do you feel like your your process has evolved now that you have plotted now that you have this tool available um that you've created how much has it changed yeah. the way you
1: you write uh, the biggest way is that um, I write less now because, <laughs> mm. because I'm making this cool for other people and, and for myself. So that's it's been uh, a double-edged sword there. But mm. um, in a more real sense, uh, or a more straight to the point that you wanted to touch <laughs> on, um, it's um, it's really changed. Like I said, I, I the first book that I wrote when I came back after Brandon Sanderson class, um, I was it was very much pants and then the next book that i had plotter with i wrote i planned out almost every single detail before i wrote it like almost all the dialogue and everything because i could just put everything in plotter and um and i feel like that was my best book ever and i know it's only like the third one that i've finished you know but it was it was for me a whole new level of writing that i had never thought i could get to i just felt like the characters um because I had this visual way and I, and I got feedback early and I was able to just quickly get feedback. I tried a bunch of different ideas and I finally found like the perfect situation for making the internal struggle, struggle match the external struggle. And this character, um, it, it just, everything worked. I, I don't know how else to say it just, just everything worked. And, and the character actually evolved throughout, Um, the story. And there was like a a satisfying ending. And, uh, you know, that's me saying, you know, maybe the people that have read it don't agree. (laughs) But, uh, but I felt like that was the first book that really just was magical to me, I guess, of my own, my own creation. And, uh, and now I'm not, I don't plan out every single detail. Um, So it's, it's kind of swinging back the other way now but uh going not so much pantsing but just not playing out every detail Mm -hmm. but um but still just being able to i think um a term that's used a lot in the programming world which i i try to apply this to to writing it's iterating you might have heard that but doing a lot of iterations Mm -hmm. and so trying something and tweaking it just a little bit trying something tweaking it a little bit uh really helps with that at least for me It, it just helps me to I'll usually have um, a different plot line underneath everything for separate ideas, like this idea one, this idea two, this idea three, and I'll just kind of see how it fits and see how it works, and then I can tweak things that way. And uh, it just, you know, it's an evolving process, but it's uh, it's definitely, that's how it's helped me. And then um, just recently, well, within the last year, I made the series um, functionality for for Plotter, And that was another game changer because as I'm planning this this sequel and this whole series for the story of Pizza Planet, um, I have all these, again, all these ideas in my head, but they don't fit in book one Mm -hmm. and they don't fit in book two or three. They're just somewhere in the series and I don't know and I couldn't put them anywhere before. So, again, they were just in random notes in different places. But then as I had a a place to put the whole series and to visually plan out the series, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this character throughout the series is going to happen this way and throughout – um you know this has to happen in throughout the series it it just really changed how i plan out my series too so
0: i think that's fantastic I that, no i i feel the same way because i there were scenes where i ended up having to go back because i was not seeing where the seeing the whole picture in my last book i had to go back and cut like the first couple chapters well it was like the second third and fourth chapter got completely pulled out and i compressed the the story down to skip all that stuff and i ended up using those as rewriting them as a couple days before I ended up was able to use that content. But I hate having to go back and delete things that weren't necessary. You know, later on, I don't want to have to have spent yeah. wasted time writing scenes that aren't going to end up in the book, but maybe there's a place for them later. Maybe there's a place for them somewhere else. Maybe there's scenes that are ideas in my head, just like you're saying, this is a cool idea. Does it fit anywhere in this plot? And maybe at the end of the end of the day, we get done writing this and it doesn't really go anywhere but just save it for later. And I think that even in the process, yeah. I'm already imagining using Plotter as I'm writing, where I write through, okay, I used my 1,500 words on the scene. This, you know, four out of five things got put in that scene, but that fifth thing didn't make it in. Make that its own little box down here, thing that didn't make it, make a line there, and then move it somewhere else in the in the story. And just see. oh, this is an idea that, may, can I squeeze it in the next scene or three scenes from now? and I just move it over there? Um, yeah. And I think that gives you this sort of flexibility of not just outlining before you write, but kind of outline as you write where you start to look at, okay, each scene as I go, have I checked off this box, this box, this, have I accomplished all of my goals for this scene? Did I have a wild hair and write a completely fun new scene that wasn't in my outline at all, but has changed the way the story works. And now I get to go around go in
1: and rearrange things. Um, Well, that's one of the things about writing It's you know for some people it's different I think they they have a very clear picture beforehand and they they know what they're going to write but at least for me most of the time it's the story changes as I write it mm-hmm. it's created it's being created as I'm writing it and so and I, I couldn't know beforehand how it was going to be until I started writing it and and that's one of the reasons that plotter helps because you're in the creation process but you don't have to do all the hours and hours of writing before you realize, Mm -hmm. oh, this needs to change. But it's changing as you're writing it. And so you can, like you said, change it as you're creating it, as Mm -hmm. you're coming up with it.
0: And I think that's one of the things that will probably give some comfort to those writers out there listening who are more of a pantser who say, oh, I don't want to be hemmed in by structure. And um, I personally, you know, never feel hemmed in by structure. I feel, you know, encouraged by structure because I feel hemmed in by a blank page of saying, like, what the heck is supposed to go here. That's that's usually my big hindrance. It's, it's staring and wondering what it is I'm supposed to be writing in this scene. Um, yeah, but exactly. I, but I get that other people, you know, initially have a resistance to outlining. Um, what do you say to those people?
1: Have a resistance to outlining?
0: Yeah, people that are, like, um, anti-outlining. Do you ever run into that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a couple things that I've seen is that, um, one, there there wasn't something that worked the way people think. Exactly like you said, Mm. there wasn't anything that worked the way they think. And so with Plotter, they see it and they're like, this is what I was waiting for. This is the way I think. Why didn't anything exist like this before? Mm. And so a lot of times they were against outlining because nothing clicked before. Mm. And so now that it clicks, it's like, oh, yeah, I can at least outline a little bit beforehand. And it's just really easy. It's not being hemmed in by anything. The other situation I've seen is people, a lot of people write because they want to experience the story as a reader. They want to, you know, experience it as it's being told to them. They don't want to experience it, planning it out, and then have to go through the drudgery of writing it. You know, like that's, they've already experienced the story if they plan it out. So what's the point in writing it? Because they've already experienced it. And so for those people, it's like, you know, I feel like Plotter is a good editing tool because then they could go back afterwards after they've written the first draft and then they can visually edit things and yeah. give it to their editor or feedback or whatever. But, but yeah, so these are a couple of things that I've seen.
0: Yeah, it could be, a, a, a to your point, yeah, it could be an excellent revision tool. You can use the Rachel Heron idea and say, okay, go back and make your one sentence outline. Make it in Plotter because it would be easy to do there um, go through and define, okay, what your character arcs and stuff. And maybe you see in your revision process, okay, if you, if you were a pantser, did you pants this whole thing? Great. Now go back and read it. And now to break it out into scenes and see, um, what fit where, is there a hole somewhere? Do you see a gap where you can add in more information or take, do you see things that don't really match up anywhere on your character arcs? Like is the scene even belonging here? Can you pull it out right. and not lose anything? Um, I could see it being an excellent revision tool for people who do think this way, uh, even if they think the way this way after they've written it, as opposed to before.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And for people like writing coaches and things like that, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. there's one that I, I work with a lot. That uh, not for my books yet. I haven't convinced him to do, be my writing coach yet, but mm-hmm. um, but he he when he coaches people, he just pull he does that one sentence thing I don't I don't think he calls it a one sentence uh, you know structure but he just he pulls out people's stories and puts it on a plotter timeline and he's like he just points like that's where your problem is right there <laughs> and it's very it's funny the way he explains that so. that's
0: really cool um, I, I am very happy so far I mean I've just started using it for this this is the first book I've started using plotter for because um, I, I watched your webinar. I think right in the middle of a book I had already been writing for a while and I had already passed that phase and I was in the thick of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
1: you can't do it in the middle. So I wasn't of... going to
0: start over. But this so this is the first book that I've been able to do from scratch and I'm I'm spending all of this month really just outlining. Just working on this plotter outline because I want I'm probably going to overdo it. Like you did, like where you over mm-hmm. over plot everything um, before yeah. I even set word one to the page. But I'm so excited yeah. about it. Um, because I feel like I'm on safe ground with plotter. I feel like it's okay. I, I know the flexibility it offers. I know what the potential is for me to alleviate that. I, I can be stuck now. I can spend the time now or I can spend the time two-thirds of the way through when I'm hitting a wall. Where do I want then you'll to, have really to rewrite spend the five time? chapters? And... Exactly. Yeah. I, which chapters do I have to cut out and rewrite and restructure? how much hair do i want to pull out then versus now. And i'd kind of rather do it up front. I'd rather I'd rather coach through this novel if i can if i can manage it. Um, <laughs> based on no cuz like the biggest thing that slows me down i know is is not word count. It's not how fast i can type. It's not how fast i can dictate. It's how fast yeah. I can, it's how fast i can think of the next thing that i need to be writing. That is always the hindrance. When i when i get to a question mark where, like I don't know what comes next that is the biggest slowdown to my whole process and with plotter yeah I can see that coming a mile off because I know there's a big gap in currently yeah, right now yeah. if you look at my plotter outline the entire second half of Act 2 is pretty much blank which is problematic so I know I know yeah. I'm not ready to start writing yet
1: um, yeah. yeah well and that's another thing with my the first book that I wrote after I had plotter which was the first book of Pizza Planet. um not only did i feel like everything fit magically Mm -hmm. um but that was before i wrote a single word and then when i did go to writing it was just like everything just flowed and i wrote it you know super fast like i I was i was writing my free time on lunches and things like that but Mm -hmm. i think i finished it in a month or three months or something like that which was a record time for me and it just it just came out because i knew what i was gonna write so
0: yeah and in today's competitive environment, where if you are trying to, to keep up with the, the, the faster writers, especially in the indie space, anything like this that can give you an advantage can be a time saver and can obviously just add more money to your bottom line because you're able to produce more books more often throughout the year. I mean, I've never been a fast writer. I've usually been a one book a year, um, if that. And now I'm starting yeah. to get faster and some of the reasons why I'm starting to get faster, besides you know understanding structure better and just is seeing where my roadblocks are, seeing where the hindrances are in advance, and finding ways around them. And plotter to me is one of those solutions. It's a, it's a tool that will help get over a particular roadblock in advance. And I think it's fantastic yeah. for people who are interested in plotter. Um, first off, we should tell for the for the podcasters if you haven't um, seen it written out, there is no e in it. <laughs> P L O T T R. Just skip the last, skip the E. Um, is how we spell Plotter. And then, where can people find it? What's what kind of pricing structure are people looking at for using the tool? Tell people about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it's at Plotter.com. It, um, it, it was at a different URL, but we just we were just able to acquire Plotter.com. So it feels it feels nice. pretty pretty cool but uh, yeah plotr.com um and it's it's um so the place pricing structure we have a lifetime price so you could just pay once and and always have all the updates forever or there's an annual price which is lower and you'll get updates that whole year and then if you renew you'll get updates the next year so so that's how it works
0: okay and but the um it's not a subscription necessarily it's the annual is... Does it go away if you don't pay the annual subscription or do you just not get the updates?
1: You just don't get the updates, yeah. Okay. So you, you can still use it, you just don't get
0: the updates. You can still use yeah. the functional, like, you know, because I know I bought in during your webinar and it was, I think it was just the annual price or whatever. I bought the initial one. So I was just curious from, from a selfish standpoint, but will it still work after if I okay. forget to renew? Um, and I really yep. like that. Yeah, I really yeah like, it still works,
1: you still have access to
0: it. Yeah, I really like, you know, software programs that are that way. Um, obviously, I'm going to want the updates, so I'll probably spring for the or the lifetime as soon as my current one runs out. But um, uh, I think it's I think it's really cool when you find a really useful tool that is going to help you not just with the current book, but with every book you're ever, you're ever going to write. Um, and you find someone who's like obviously coming at it from the angle of an author. I think it's really great. Um, so it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's great getting to talk to you and kind of like seeing behind the the scenes a little bit about where this came from. Yeah. And, um, I'm pretty excited about where it's going. What's, what's next for Plotter? Are you guys working on anything in particular right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're about to release this like dashboard, um, which, uh, I'm excited about cause it makes things a lot more easy to understand and, Uh, some people that aren't as familiar with computers struggle with like, where am I can file saved and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And how can I get it to backups and and stuff like that. So, so that's a a big thing that we're releasing here pretty soon. So it'll just, it'll make it easier to use and more, more, um, easy to understand like the, the whole process of writing it, but it's not like something that's going to make your writing necessarily better. Um, but the next thing that we're going to do for the writing, we have some ideas for making the timeline better. Um, there's some things that are just kind of annoying there with, um, The the Zoom and things like that, it it doesn't work very well. And then the scene cards, we got a lot of ideas around the scene cards, like having custom attributes for the scene cards. Hmm. uh, having um, Kind of making it, uh, maybe displaying those differently, but just making it easier to use. Um, But yeah, the next things we're gonna be doing are updating the timeline, and and we got some ideas around that. I can't think of most of them off the top of my head, of course, but, um, but yeah, that's the next area we're going into, and search and replace. Um, that's something a lot of people have asked for. So you can, like, if you want to change the character's name midway, you don't have to retype it everywhere. You can oh, just change it once. That's and actually it a really good idea. More. Yeah. I'm not going to be needing that yeah. soon because
0: I'm already going to be changing a character name pretty soon here.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, I've done it too. Yeah. yeah. I, I know the feeling.
0: Yeah. So, no, that, that's great. Because uh, I, sometimes I just put it throw in a placeholder name. It's like, ah, oh, this person who I, who's yet to be named. You know, I'm just going to, like, use some arbitrary Yeah. Name. I,
1: yeah. yeah, I did. I did for one story. It was just like XYZ. I just yeah. wrote X Y Z, and then I knew yeah. I was going to change it eventually. So. Yeah.
0: I hate I hate naming characters. It's so hard, especially it's hard. when it's like going to be a yeah. long. Like right now, I'm trying to you know name like a long term love interest for a series. I'm like I don't know. Like I don't know what this person would yeah. be like three books from now. You know, like I just need to, you know, you're asking me to name this person. Um, these the, and some people are yeah. super into it, but yeah. It's, That's another thing that totally slows me down. If I don't know the character's name in advance, that'll be like a major blockage. I'll just sit there and stare at the screen. So (laughs) having outlines, I I get a a sense in plotter, I get a sense of how many characters I'm going to need in advance. And I can get a head start on naming them. So, yeah. But anyway. All right. Well, I know you've got kids that need to get to bed. I know, you know, I won't won't keep you up too much later. But uh, Cameron, thank you so much um, for taking some time out of your night tonight and come and talking to us. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this has been awesome, Nathan. I'm, I'm, it's fun geeking out. We do about story structure and process and stuff like that. So yeah. I'll have to well, do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have you back on the show. Anytime you guys have a, you know, big update or something like that, or just, you know, make it a regular thing. Uh, come be a guest on the show. That'd be, that'd be great. And for those of you who are interested in plotter, uh, definitely check out plotter.com without the E. And uh, go check it out there. Are, I know there's also some really helpful videos on there and tutorials. And um, I found some things about how to, I found you on YouTube already. Um, some other things on there about how, oh. to, how to use plotter. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of ways to learn more about this, this program. And, um, you know, I'm not being paid anything for my uh, endorsement, but I will give it a, a solid two thumbs up right now as a current, happy, satisfied customer. Um, so, you know, there's my, there's my two cents about it so far. I'm I'm really enjoying it. So definitely check it out. Um, thank you everyone for, for watching and for listening and we'll be back next week for another episode. So, so thanks. Yep.